0: a big part of my life. Rosalie Avila's parents broke down in tears as they spoke about their young daughter. The 13-year-old hung herself in her bedroom last month. Her father says bullying
1: is to blame. They told Rosalie, and they told my daughter Lani, and they told my daughter Angelina, oh, what did you do to deserve, what did you do? You had to have done something to make these kids do that to you.
0: They stood outside the Yukaipa calamasa School District alongside family, friends, and their lawyer calling for change within the district. Brian Claypool is Diabolo's lawyer. He says the school district knew she was being bullied for months and didn't do anything to protect her. He says Rosalie left a final note before taking her own life. In the note, she asked her parents not to show her picture at her own funeral.
2: The fact that this little girl would be so verbally abused at a school to a point where she writes a suicide note for
1: her parents saying, she doesn't even feel like she's worthy of a picture at her funeral, speaks volumes.
0: The Ukaipa calamasa School District says their teachers and students are also mourning the loss of Rosalie. They released a statement that says, in part, we strive every day to be a safe, supportive and engaging learning environment. We will continue to raise awareness and work with students and the community to support our children. Rosalie's mother says she will never stop fighting for justice for her daughter. I bought her into this life. and. All I can think of is just somebody, like, just ripping her off my arms, you know, and just taking her. And that's that's how I feel, you know, like, took her from me.
3: Ladies and gentlemen of America, this is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice. All around the world. Tonight we deal with a troubling problem the epidemic of bullying resulting in teen suicide. I'll tell you what, folks, pull up a chair. This is going to be informative and really interesting. And I'll tell you right now, something needs to be done. AJC Radio tackles this problem right now. There you have it. I'm Lamont Banks, along with David Banks, Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, Dave Zappolo, Samson Riddle, Clint Stewart, Dennis Merritt, and Tanique Wright, and the entire AJC Radio team as we get ready to deal with a troubling issue in this country. And the loss of life among teens as a result of bullying is astronomical. And I don't think we're doing enough, and I don't think schools and educators are doing enough to solve this problem. We're going to deal with that right now. Uh, David, your thoughts as we go forward here uh, with such a troubling, troubling topic of discussion that loss of life with young people across this nation is absolutely ridiculous, and we got to do something about it. Your thoughts on that?
2: I, go, I just think overall all of society, we've uh, become too soft uh, on children. I'm not talking about... Uh, being hard-nosed and cruel to children, but children need to grow up, I think, with a little more discipline in the home. Uh, I also think that it's important for kids who are popular and, uh, say, football players or somebody like that to actually stand up for some of these kids who are being bullied. I think uh, the schools are really failing because we live in a, in a very passive society when it comes to Behavior and children's behavior anymore. And nobody really wants to step in and do anything. It becomes more of a, a political exercise in these schools, uh, to, uh, pacify and do different things and, and allow kids to get away with stuff. Uh, also the lack of parenting, I think, is another, another issue. Uh, single, single, uh, single parent homes, uh, cause, uh, different kids to act out. It's just, it's really a sad, sad situation in our society. Uh, when children can't go to school without being bullied. And I think also social media has become a a huge problem uh, with uh, bullying uh, over the Internet. And uh, a bunch of kids and all your peers are now on social media sites. And it becomes very, very difficult because even if you could get away from it uh, years ago by coming home, you no one can get away from it unless you actually stay off social media, which most kids just are so, their lives are intertwined in social media. So it's a serious problem. It needs some uh, serious attention. And I think schools just need to be a little more uh, aggressive in, in policing, uh, bullying. I don't give it excellent students, doing whatever they have to do just to really st- stop, uh, st- stop this practice because lives are being lost.
3: Oh, without question. And I'll tell you this, the... In my opinion, um, the educators who look the other way, uh, not dealing with the severity of the problem, but they should be there should be training from any teacher, any counselor, any administrator in these schools, need to be given strict guidelines that they have to adhere to. Students many times feel a sense of trust with teachers. Uh, whether it's their math teacher or science teacher, whoever, uh, there's usually a connection at some point with some of these teachers. Uh, but I think the fear of retaliation, uh, which is a major problem, stems at the root of the problem with these kids, because if they act, if they go to administrators or go to the principal, they fear retaliation. Um, that's, but that's the culture within the school system these days. Um, and I'm not blaming every educator because you've got great educators out there. But there is a problem uh, that uh, is kind of not dealt with as serious as it is. Uh, and the loss of life um, that is happening on a consistent basis, we're going to get into those numbers uh, on the other side uh, of this break. But, folks, I'll tell you what, something has to be done. And then what do you do with parents who are doing everything they know to do and still, they lose a loved one to death because that pressure was simply too much. So at one point, yeah, if the, if the parents are not doing what they should, that's another topic. But the parents that are doing what they can and they seem overwhelmed with this issue uh, of losing their daughter or their son at a very young age, uh, there's got to be remedies to that. If we don't get them, we're going to have a major problem. I want to invite our callers to call in tonight at 646 200 we're going to be joined by Heather Martinez uh, at the bottom of the hour. Uh, she is a mother of five fighting for her daughter. Her daughter's name is Natalie, who was bullied so bad she tried to commit suicide not too long ago. Right, we're going to deal with that. She's going to be a guest on this show. We'll have others joining her as well. Uh, a lady by the name of Adriana Cloud. Adrienne Cloud. She's a mother of three from Texas. She's also been dealing with bullying uh, with her children. We're going to talk to these parents and get a feel on the front lines of what they're dealing with with this epidemic. Ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now, add a wrongful conviction to that. Life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with, especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions by remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call or just calls today 1-855-529-4252. We seek justice for the children as they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future.
4: I'm a mother. I'm a father. I'm a sister.
5: A registered nurse. I serve my country in the United States military.
4: I'm your
1: neighbor. I sit next to you at church.
4: And my child was arrested, held in custody, questioned without my knowledge,
1: exposed to violence,
4: witnessed to rape,
6: placed in solitary confinement, unable to call or see me, shackled to a
7: wall, beaten, sentenced as an adult at age 17, sentenced as an adult at age 16,
4: sentenced as an adult at age 15. We felt lost,
3: isolated, ostracized,
4: misjudged,
3: terrified.
6: And in the absence of all hope, my child took his
8: own life. And then I found the Alliance for Youth Justice.
5: They gave me the support and resources to get through one of the most difficult times in my life.
0: Now I
7: know I'm not alone. And neither are you.
0: Now we have a voice. Now
2: we We have have power. power. In numbers. In numbers. In numbers. We can make a difference.
4: There are approximately 2 million children in the juvenile and criminal justice system in this country. These are the faces of those families. If you are the family member of a child who has been in the justice system, or if you are someone who supports this movement and is ready to make a difference, visit the Campaign for Youth Justice at www.campaignforyouthjustice.org.
9: Picture this, a 75-year-old man convicted of murder waiting for his trial to finally go through. He's been on death row for 25 years now and finds out he's been wrongfully convicted and is completely innocent. Not only does this mean that 25 years of his life have been spent in jail for no reason, but that the actual murderer could still be out there right now. The bad thing is that this exact thing happens more often than you think, but you can help stop it by supporting our campaign to abolish the death penalty.
0: equality. I stand for individuality. I stand for peace. I stand for diversity.
3: I stand for dignity.
0: I stand for respect.
10: I stand for fairness.
11: It was just a joke. We're not friends. Why are you talking to me? You started it. This so gross. Lame. User. Weirdo.
4: I've said and done things before that I'm not proud of. Just as I've been hurt by others.
11: The thing is, this, this is not who I am. And it's definitely not who I want to be.
4: I don't want to be cruel. I don't want to spread gossip.
11: I don't want to be a body shaver. I don't
0: want to exclude anyone.
4: I don't want to make anyone feel lonely.
0: Left out. Hurt
4: power to be more, we can
11: create a kinder world. It's not that hard. We just need to stop, take a moment,
12: and consider others before we speak,
11: and before we act. Be more.
12: Be more. Be more.
13: Good morning, students, and welcome to Career Day. I
4: hope you're excited to hear about all the great things
0: you can do when you grow up.
13: Hi, everyone. I'm Emily. I'm super excited to introduce my dad, because He's my hero. When I was little, my dad was away a lot. But I was okay with that because he was doing this really important work, driving ambulances in Iraq. Now he's at home, which is great for me because I get to see him every day now. And he's still the biggest hero I know because he took all the ambulances and the fire engines where to go and rescue people when there's an emergency. I'm so proud of him. He's awesome. He's my dad.
3: If your service-connected disability prevents you from continuing in your
0: civilian career, Vogue Rehab offers counseling, training with a living allowance, education, and other services to help prepare you for your next mission.
11: Odds of becoming an astronaut, 1 in 13,200,000. Odds of being struck by lightning, 1 in 576,000. Odds of dating a supermodel, 1 in 88,000. Odds of bowling a perfect game, 1 in 11,500. Odds of being trapped in an elevator, 1 in 24,528. Odds of catching a ball at a major league game, 1 in 563. Odds of an injury from shaving, 1 in 6,585. Odds of tripping while texting, 1 in 10. Odds of getting cancer in your lifetime, 1 in 2 men, 1 in 3 women.
3: It's up to us.
11: To change the odds for our generation.
3: For the ones we love. For our future.
11: If you don't like the odds, stand up. Stand up to cancer.
14: Meeting
15: a teen girl online is actually pretty easy. You can go into any chat room and just start talking. Most of the girls are usually so insecure and... Desperate for attention. attention.
11: from older guys is totally flattering. There's so much more mature and understanding than the guy's mind.
15: Age actually works to my advantage. They like to brag to their friends that they're dating an older guy, so I just play along and pretend I'm really
11: interested. in is the same things I am. You can talk forever and really get to know someone without worrying about looks or whatever. That's the best thing about chatting.
15: Chatting seems unthreatening to them, so they lower their guard. After a while, I start talking about how we're soulmates and how lucky we are to have found each other. Other
11: people don't understand. I know what I'm doing. If you really care about each other, there's nothing wrong with Meeting, meeting them
15: is the goal. Once I get them out of their house, well, that's when things get really interesting.
0: Online predators know what they're doing. Do you?
11: friends, but you can't seem to get anywhere quickly. You don't want your friends to be annoyed, so you text. You're on your way. Five seconds is the average time your eyes are off the road while texting while driving.
0: Make sure you get where you're going.
7: Hey guys, I'm
2: Jordan Sparks. I'm Chase Crawford. And hey, what's up? It's Usher. Hi, I'm Rachel
7: Bilson.
11: I'm Hayden
2: Christensen. I'm Peyton Manning. Hey, we're Fallout
4: Boys. I'm Deirdre Archuleta. I'm Corbin Bloom. I'm Kristen Bell. And we're the Jonas Brothers. Do something good for your community. Reuse bags and bottles and always recycle. Help us collect a million pounds of food.
12: Help people prepare for natural disasters. Do something about homelessness. Anyone could be a rock star
1: in their community.
4: So then do
6: something.
4: Do
1: something.
6: Do
4: something. Do something. Do something. Visit do to find out how to Goodbye to affordability and say hello to losing control. Discover Price Gougesol, the latest outrageously expensive drug from Big Pharma. It's impossible to afford and reverses the ability to pay other bills. Because drug companies raise prices to pay for commercials like this one, side effects may include overdrawn bank accounts, bad credit scores, higher health care costs, Children who don't get Christmas presents, and in some cases, the need to stop taking your medicine. If you experience any of these side effects, contact your financial advisor right away. Out-of-control drug costs are no joke. Yet nine of the ten biggest pharma companies spend more on advertising than research and development. Let's solve the cost crisis now visit csrxp.org. dot org
3: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio Tonight, as tonight we deal with a a troubling issue in this country, teen suicide, bullying being the key factor here of the loss of life by teens across this nation. Tonight we deal with a troubling topic but a topic that must be discussed. How do we save our children from a world of cruelty and bullying? I'll tell you right now, the first step, one of them, is that educators step to the plate, administrators, to have this as priority number one in these learning institutions, that there are kids everywhere that are afraid to talk, afraid to come forward, because of the ramifications and retaliation that comes from speaking out. Tonight, Agency Radio becomes the voice for those teens that feel like their voice has been lost. We deal with that tonight. Feel free again, 646-200-0628. 646-200-0628. Sefton, you had some thoughts on this topic. Uh,
12: yeah, it's just, it, it's appalling to me how, how much teen suicide rates, you know, uh, have grown over the, like the last number of years. I mean, I'm sitting here reading an article like in the last in the last just decade, it has absolutely skyrocketed. I mean, we have people that are between the ages of 15 and 24, and 5,000 of them are dying every year by suicide. It is the third leading rate or third leading cause of death in young people. I'm talking about if you think about it, every two hours, a young person commits suicide. Every day in this country, because of bullying, because of something that's going on in their life, and that—that's just from what the ones that are being reported.
3: Now, I did read a week ago: um, every forty seconds, a team takes his or her life in this country. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That they, these are just I mean, no, no, no. I got you. Yeah, it's the problem is, is it's so far out of control. Just think of that number for one second. So every 40 seconds, say we took it to 60 seconds. Every minute of every day, we lose life as a result of teen suicide. Yeah,
12: we're talking 1,500 kids a day.
3: That is uncomprehendable to me. Those numbers are astronomical. Um, I'm going to bring in Tiffany Stewart uh, for a moment, Uh, understand that there was an issue when she was in middle school, Tiffany, is that correct? Yes. Um, Where you guys arrived at the school, and what did you see? Go ahead and talk to our listeners on it.
5: Um, So this had to be um, maybe in 2006 um, in middle school. um, I was in seventh grade, and, um, you know, we come up to the school, get off the school bus, and we see um, this boy that we knew hanging in front of the school um so he committed suicide um whether it was overnight or whatever we we pulled up you know to the school and it was the most tragic thing that we've ever seen um you know we all knew the kid it's not like he was you know some
3: stranger yeah
5: or you know to himself type of person um you just didn't know what he was going through so whether it was at home Um, Many kids were, you know, running away from home, whether the situation, um, I know this kid, he grew up, you know, his parents were alcoholics, so he wasn't getting any attention at home. um, And he just didn't, I guess, see the value in living.
3: How did he appear in school? Did he seem sad, depressed, kind of troubled?
5: Um, He was one that was, um, he would, you know, bring alcohol to school. Um, at what age is this? And this is uh seventh grade, so at thirteen, twelve, 12 13. thirteen. Wow. Um and you know, he was one of those kids. He was he was definitely troubled, but he wasn't one that was um bullied. As far as you know. As far as I know.
3: Um because kids are cruel. Yes. Um, if he seemed preoccupied. Yeah. And, th- and that's the point. Bullying is bullying. Yeah. I don't care if it's at home or at school or wherever it is. Uh, the bullying effect Mm -hmm. is taken live. Yes. And um, is that the first you had actually seen or heard of suicide per se? That was the first. And
5: um, unfortunately, it is one of the first ones that caused in our school, started causing more suicide. So we would hear um, multiple times throughout the year, another kid committed suicide. This was in our school, not in... Right. You know, other schools. Um, So this was this was happening pretty frequently um, in our school. And it's just it was sad.
3: Wow. Well, here in the state of Colorado, we are 50, 54 percent higher than the national average of teen suicide. Yeah. Um, Colorado leads the way across the nation for kids taking their own lives and many of them, the majority, is a result of bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, the impact that had on you at that time, do you remember the feelings at oh, that yes. point? Oh, for sure.
5: It? it was the darkest feeling that I could ever feel. I've, I don't really know how to describe that. I don't... Um, how depression can come up on kids who have no troubles in the world, um, that is completely undescribable and if it wasn't for my upbringing I know that I could have been in the same position um, to maybe have taken my life or to have felt so uncared about that I just didn't feel like life was worth living at 14.
3: Well I think the problem here is when the kids started following suit after this first suicide from the school Um, that means a lot of kids were having the same feelings and emotions had not yet carried it out. This is where I call the administrators of our educational institutions in question how much then failed to be done to address this issue. Because that means the problem was widespread in the school. But sometimes people are on a miracle round of suicide. So, they, I'm going to do it, I'm not going to. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. There should be some type of intervention uh, at these schools of learning that can address these issues. You try to figure out a 13 year old at the point wanting to take their life. What are they going through? An alcoholic at the age of 12 and 13? That is a problem. And if the children are in school from when I was a kid, 7 to 3.30 or whatever it is, something has to be happening. Some support has to be in place for that much time spent at the school by educators, not all. But I don't think we've addressed the issue enough because the numbers would not continue to increase. Something and someone is failing at their job. And that a lot of times, that's a lack of due diligence. I'm not, well, they'll be fine. It's not our problem. We're educators. We're not here for that. You are there for that. And much more. And much more. Um, that is very troubling to me. Um, and then the kids say, well, he did it, so we might as well go ahead and take our life. Yeah. 13? 13. And some of them... Uh, Die even earlier than that. I've read stories of nine-year-olds taking their life at the age of nine. That that does not make sense to me. And what do we do to fix it? We have to get involved. We have to speak to the problem and quit saying I don't want to deal with that. Our kids are just fine. And here's what I found years ago. Uh, I was uh, a motivational speaker in the schools here locally. And I was in District 20 one day doing a a speaking to kids about choices. I was the guest for six hours of math and science class where they combined the classes. And the school was Timberview Middle School here. I came to the school. It was on a Friday. They wanted me to come back on Monday to follow up with these kids. A little girl that looked about eight years old. That's how innocent she was. And she had pigtails and freckles and big old moon eyes. Cute little girl. And when I came back into the school on Monday morning, she said, Mr. Lamont, I got to show you something. And she showed me on both arms. She said, I tried to kill myself this weekend. You see the marks on my arms, she said? And tears just welded up in this little girl's eyes, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? And I began to talk to her and say, no, life is worth more than that. Both arms, you could see the razor blade slits all the way up. And it told me then, it's not about you coming from a great home, The District 20 and that school district. These are pretty well-to-do people. You're not you're not wondering where your next mail's coming from. What is it that you live supposedly or by appearances, you have a pretty good life. Mom and dad are working, you go to school in this mm-hmm. district. everything's good, so you think and I learned through that process part of that organization that has nothing to do. Whether you're in District 20 or District 11, but the more successful districts, the numbers were higher. They were higher. Nobody would think that, and you know what society says? Oh, they're fine. Dad's an officer in the the Air Force. Mom stays at home, takes care of the family, cooks the dinner. They're fine. So then, what you have is people going to low-income areas, and saying that's where the problem. No, the problem. It's widespread everywhere. And because in our way of thinking as a society, we believe the same thing people believe. Well, they got money, they got this, they got that. There's no issues. There are major issues in these uh, environments. And so when you talk, Tiffany, to what happened to you, that was middle school. What I saw, I was at a middle school. And had she succeeded... That's another life loss, another person parents, family members, brothers and sisters have to grieve. We have to have a way out of it, and we've got to speak to it. Tiffany, thanks for your, your time. Thanks for joining us for that. Thank you for having me. Part of the show. You're welcome. Um, right now, uh, we're going to bring Heather Martinez on. Um, I talked to her a few moments ago, and uh, she has a story to tell um hello hello uh heather may i call you that yes okay it's good to have you and we appreciate you Thank coming on oh um and i'm going to give you an opportunity to tell your story uh i want to tell you that without question as i told you a moment ago you have the support of ABC radio and a just Cause Organization. Um and we will do all that we can uh to be here to help you. Um and Natalie uh is in our prayers as well as yourself. And uh we're gonna go ahead and, and introduce she's welcome to join us. Uh as I told you moments ago, Heather, that's fine. Just let me know. And uh if she has something to say, we're more than happy to hear from her, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Heather, go ahead and tell us what's going on. This is a direct impact of what we're talking about tonight. I'll give you the floor for our listeners. Go ahead, please.
10: Thank you. Um, Well, I'm a mother of five from Texas, and, you know, um, we've been dealing with bullying since Natalie was about in the fifth grade or sixth grade. Um, When it began, um, it was just little name-calling and stuff like that, and I would tell the school, you know, I understand that name-calling isn't a huge, serious, you know, issue, but it leads to more things, and they would just dismiss it, or they would talk to the children, and then the children would, you know, retaliate because she snitched, and so about 2016, um, I created a Facebook group called Stop Bullying in Warsaw. Um, It was a local, uh, meant to be a local group. And um, I mainly started it because I was citing a petition to go against the school board to let them know that it was a serious issue in our community and that the community themselves wants them to take action against it. And um, I got over 500 signatures, and um, I went to the, the superintendent, and uh, him and I had a conversation. And he told me that he understood that it was an issue, and he told Natalie that she should just ignore it, that if she ignored them, then they would leave her alone. And like I told him, you know, if you're ignoring it, then, you know, you're giving them that opportunity to keep on. And he just said that he would uh, talk to the girls, and like I told him, the principals already talked to them, you know, and it's not doing any good. And uh so uh the Fourth of July came around and I actually organized a group of kids um whose parents were supporting my group and we did a walk in the Fourth of July parade in town. Um uh, mm-hmm. and carried stop bullying and work them signs and things like that as well. Um, I even offered to the school to do an assembly, like to put a program together and that they could approve it or not. And then I would go to the school and I would even talk to the kids about it, try to bring awareness, try to mm-hmm. let them know what is bullying, because sometimes kids might be dealing with things in their home and don't realize that it's bullying because they're not taught that that's what it is. What? And so the superintendent turned down that idea. He refused. He said that they do a week of... um like drug awareness. And so they take one day out of that week and they talk about bullying and that they felt like that was enough. Do
3: you know the name of this? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just had a quick question. Do you know the name of the school or the principal there or whoever you met with?
10: Um, Yeah. The principal, his name is David Hayes. Um, The superintendent that was there before is no longer there.
3: Um, They have a new
10: superintendent now.
3: Okay. Um, for somebody to say that, you know, we're going to take a day out of a week and let's, let's talk about bullying, but are we talking about the impact of bullying and the fact that people are taking their lives because of it? Did they even address teen suicide at that point or just simply bullying?
10: No, they just address bullying. And it's just one day and it's a small little like our assembly, not even anything right extravagant. Okay, go ahead. Um so as the years kept going, it kept getting worse and worse. Um I finally decided that I was gonna go to the parents myself. Um I knew we live in a small town, everybody knows everybody. I knew who the parents were. Um I went to the parents and it caused drama. Um, they couldn't believe that I was accusing their kid of this, that their kid said it was my kid and that, that there's no way and it just caused a huge argument which there's not a lot of parenting going on in the home either. So I mean I can't expect the kids to, you know, know better if their mom and them are not willing to at least even talk to the children about it. Um, I felt like she should have maybe pulled her kids aside and had a conversation with them about what it is and, right. you know, seeing if maybe there was some bullying going on. Um, I kind of got discouraged. I backed off for a while. But I kept close tabs on my daughter, you know, just making sure that, you know, she wasn't getting depressed and that it wasn't getting worse. Um, I even backed off from my group for a while. Um, I noticed that I started to get followers from all over the United States um trying to join my group so i changed it to stop bullying in our school
6: instead Mm -hmm. of just
10: in work because i realized it was an issue all over the place not just my child and not just my school um wow so then in about eighth grade um the same girls began to continue to um bully her more and more um one girl in particular um, that was doing a lot of the bullying. Um, it's a group of cousins that are doing it. Um, my child isn't the only one that they're bullying. My child was the only one who spoke up and said something. Um, the yes. girl stole her cell phone from her backpack and hid it in the classroom. Um, another child came forward and told, uh, where the cell phone was and that she was the one who had done it. Um, the school talked to the child again. And, you know, of course, she got upset. So about a week later or so at a football game, um, the girls were doing like a uh, TikTok video. And um, Natalie was friends with a couple of the girls that were uh, with the girl. And she tried to, you know, try to fit in and talk to them. And the one girl who um, continuously bullied her um, attacked her. Um, it was on video, and it went viral on Snapchat. Um, I recorded it off of a phone of my daughter's where I found it, and I took it to the school, and I showed them because they did say that you know they can't do anything unless it's on school property. Well, this was the football field. Um, the school said they would talk to her and that there would be disciplinary action. I later found out that. She was only not allowed to play the last two games of the season and was taken out of the honor society. And I felt like, you know, that wasn't too much of a slap on the wrist because the girl went around telling everybody that she didn't care, that it didn't bother her, that they had done that to her. Um, Of the next home game, um, she came up behind her and snatched her by her ponytail. And her ponytail ended up on the side of her head. Again, repeatedly went back to the school, told them again. And again, they just talked to the child. I went to the police station to follow a police report. And the police station told me that they would not do any, were not able to do anything unless the school allowed them to get involved. Um, because it was on school property. So okay. it continued getting worse and worse. Yes. Um, Because I repeatedly went to the school and repeatedly kept telling them of this child bullying my dog, one of the aunts of this child got upset and said that, you know, um, that I was bullying her child by repeatedly having her child's name in my mouth. And um, she began to bully me on Facebook, posting pictures of the penguin from Batman, saying I was fat like him. Um Pat that people mean um, is- we have a festival here called the blues festival um where she caught me where I was with my kids, and she even tried to attack me at the blues festival. Um, my older daughter and her older daughter got involved because they were high school friends at one point and tried to break it up and got her to back off and leave, but it was just. At that point, it just got ridiculous when the adults, you know, get involved in that type Mm -hmm. of a manner. Sure. Um, so as ninth grade started last year, um, there was a new girl that came to the school and, um, she began to do friends with Natalie at first. Um, her and Natalie became pretty good friends. She'd come and hang out at the house and things like that. Well, the girl that had been bullying Natalie for years, um, Started to try to befriend that girl and then eventually told her that um, it was either her or Natalie. And so the girl decided, you know, I'm sure because it's a group of friends where one little friend, you know, she began to hang out with them. And so then she began to bully Natalie as well. Uh, Natalie's mental health went down. It deteriorated severely. She got severely depressed and she would always say how she wanted to die and how she just wished she wasn't here anymore and I could tell in the beginning that you know it was maybe just like just words but then it began it got to one point where I could tell from her eyes when she came to me and she said she just couldn't take it anymore she wanted to kill herself I could tell at that point in her eyes that it wasn't just a threat anymore. She really truly was feeling that this was something that she wanted to do to herself. And so, um, it was about two weeks before school let out last year. I ended up having to take her and put her in a facility, um, to get her some help for her depression. And, um, while she was in the hospital, the girls um, started spreading rumors around the school about that they thought not that she was in a facility, that somebody had heard she was in a facility. And um, she was there for uh, 10 days, I believe. It was eight or 10 days she was there. And the day that Natalie got out of the facility, the day I went to go pick her up, Um, When she got her phone back and everything, she turned it on and they had been Snapchatting her and taunting her, talking about they knew she was in the mental facility, that she was crazy and things like that, which made her even, even more depressed. And I told her, I said, just put the phone away, you know, just leave the phone alone, stay away from social media. They were creating fake profiles to bully her. They even made a page on Instagram where they were saying things about her, very um, derogative things on her. It was called Wortham Key. And um, so then kids were commenting on there as well. The page got banned because I reported it. Um, about four days after Natalie got out of the hospital because of that taunting, and then she knew that the kids knew she had been in a hospital. She was afraid to go back to school and knew she had to go back to school. Um, She tried to split her wrist with some scissors. Uh, When I talked to her about it, she uh, told me that she didn't want to kill herself, kill herself, but that she just wishes that it would just happen so that way she didn't have to deal with these girls anymore. Um, I called the school and talked to them, and I told him, I said, I can't have her relapsing. You know, and trying to do something for herself. Can we please, since there's only one week left of school, just homeschool for the rest of the week? So teachers sent assignments, we homebounded her. Uh, we were hoping that over the summer some of these girls would kind of mature, and change. Sure. Didn't happen. They taunted her through the summer, through social media as well. Um, Natalie then expressed to me that if I had to send her back to school, she was gonna try to kill herself. Um. So I then at that point decided that we were going to homeschool this year. Um, I reached out to the principal and I let him know that, you know, I was going to homeschool her this year because of all the bullying, but that I felt like it was sad that I had to homeschool my child and that she has to miss out on all the high school memories that you are supposed to be looking forward to because... They can't control a group of bullies. Yep. And um, he said that he understood how I felt and wished me luck in the homeschooling. What was it. it? Really hurt my feelings because, as a small community, I considered him as, you know, kind of a friend and figured, you know, he was the one who was trying to help me here and there, you know, try to get these girls to kind of leave her alone. I felt like he would, he should have shown more concern and more sure. care about the situation. Not just, I wish her luck in homeschool instead of, let's try to get this under control so she can go to school. Um, She wants to go to school so bad. And, of course, being homeschooled, she has no friends. You know, she's at home all day long, which is even more depressing. Um, But it's just sad that because of these girls not wanting to leave her alone, I have to homeschool her and she's in multiple therapies. I have her seeing at least three counselor. And, you know, it's just her mental health still isn't stable. We're trying to get her on her medication stable and things like that, but all because of all the bullying that's going on. I feel like it's taught at home. It's taught sure. at home. And um like I was telling Miss Wright when we spoke the other day on the phone, You know, being in a small town, all these grown-ups grew up together. Yeah. And this particular family that is doing, the kids are doing the bullying, and even the adults, you know, are contributing to this, Um, they're well known for when one of their kids get in trouble, they want to say that it's because the teachers are racist or because we're racist or things like that. And which I feel like that's two different subjects, total different subjects, sure. you know? sure. and yes, there is racism that goes on in this town. I understand that, but these are two different subjects
3: Situations. and
10: bringing one into the other. I felt is, is not right, but the parents, because they say this and because they always attack the school, when their kids get in trouble, um, The school, I feel like, and I even told the principal myself, I feel like y'all are scared of this family. You're scared to do something because you're scared to bring all this negativity and drama to the school that the parents are going to come and cause when you punish their child for what they're doing. And I've spoke with other parents in the community, and people reach out to me because they know I have that Facebook group about the bullying, and they'll reach out to me, and I've had parents reach out to me, you know, and the name of the child that their kid is having issues with is one of the gr- girls that are in that same group of girls. It's a same group of kids.
15: And so I
10: just, it's like I, I don't, my hands are tied. I don't even know what else to do anymore at this point with the school. But I feel like, you know, um, I'm just going to keep trying to push, and and my younger daughter actually came home today and was telling me that that same group of girls, but the younger ones, have started to bully her this year,
4: and she didn't want to
10: say anything to me because she knew that I was dealing with the stress of Natalie's bullying, and she felt like she didn't want to burden me with it, so now round two of this fight with the same school again, because I'm going to have to go to school tomorrow. And try to see what we can do with that situation. But it's so, just like it's an ongoing situation. So, Ongoing, and it, and it not ends. But I'm glad our Facebook page actually has reached 2.2K, I believe. And the last year it went from, like, hundreds to thousands. And, right. and like I told Ms. Wright, you know, Adrian and I are not uh, professionals. We're not counselors. We're not school officials, anything like that. We're just two parents who are dealing with the bullying, who are struggling because our children have threatened to commit suicide because of the bullying. And we we try to run that pace the best that we can because I feel like it's a support system. Uh, people tell their stories. People comment. People give them advice, give them support. And and that's what we need is a community of parents supporting each other because this is a very stressful subject, and when you're dealing with it personally, it even affects yourself mentally as well because you don't want your children suffer.
3: For sure, Heather, um, I can tell you this, and this I'm going to tell you this now. Um, When you have that meeting with the school in the morning, I'm going to talk to you offline. I want you to call me and put me on speakerphone as your family advocate and we're going to have a discussion uh, with those administrators. Would that help you? Yes, sir. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And let me say this. We're all the way here in Colorado, but make no mistake about it. Our position as advocates is to deal with issues no matter where we find it. I think it is a tragedy that that this school allows this type of behavior to not only go from Natalie to your younger daughter, uh, we're going to address it. And I'm here for you, a Just Cause organization, AJC, is here for you, Natalie, and your entire family. And I promise you, uh, we will press it if something happens. We're going to do that. And like
10: I told the principal, you know, I know my child is not innocent by any means. (laughs) You know, kids are kids. They're going to be kids. They're going to act out. They're going to, you know, they're going to talk back when somebody's messing with them. And I'm sure she said things back to, oh, I know she said things back to them when they've messed with her before, you know, but in self-defense. And that's right. I told the school, I said, I know my child is nowhere near innocent. And if it is that their child is bullying my child, but it was because my child said something first, then you need to punish both of them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my child, if she's, you know, is starting it, then she should be punished as well. But that other child needs to know that what they're doing is wrong, because if they keep letting it go, it'll never stop.
3: It will not stop. It's a running cycle. And the bottom line is your daughter has come to the brink of suicide. That tells me uh, something else beyond kids just simply talking back to each other. We we did that when when I was a kid. That's not an issue. But when it goes to this level and the parents are now acting uh, the way they are and threatening you and bullying you on Facebook and putting pictures of this and of that, that's a deep-rooted problem. And I'm gonna do everything I can uh, as an advocate to help. And Natalie, if she's listening to the show, which she said she'd be listening, um, she is. She's worth more than that. And Natalie, whatever the situation is, you're better. And you're better than all of this stuff that goes on. You're special in your own right, and you must rise above that. And and at the end of the day, they are the ones with the problem. But we're going to get involved and make sure accountability is measured out to the people and to this school who has a culture here of bullying and we will address that issue. So again, Heather, I'm going to call you. Uh, I'm going to give you my information tonight after this show. Um, and I may have Ms. Wright go ahead and text it to you. You'll have it and uh, we are going to get involved. If we don't get involved, we cease to be advocates that we claim uh, ourselves to be. That's not going to happen. We're going to take a quick break, Heather. We're going to bring Adrian on, who's working with you, Thank you. On, on the Facebook um, campaign that you guys have launched. We salute you guys for that. Um, Adrian, we're going to bring her on, and we are going to go forward with this conversation. And I, I can't tell you how sorry I am that you have had to endure such treatment in your daughter, uh, Natalie, and now your younger girl. Um, no, that's unacceptable. We're going to deal with it, okay? We're going to come Thank back after you. the break. We'll talk more. Ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio addressing a major problem in this country, and this is right down in Texas. We're going to deal with it on the other side of the break. Heather, we'll be right back. This is AJC Radio.
15: <laughs>
13: I surrender, I surrender.
1: All right, Tom. Get ready for the day, buddy.
13: Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. We have a gun. What's that? We have a gun.
1: Why do you ask that, kiddo? Can I play with it? No. No, absolutely not. It's not a toy. You know that.
13: You I? I bet it looks like one.
1: Yeah, well, it's not. Anyway, I need it to protect you, your sister and mom. From what? From bad guys. Like on TV.
13: But what about the eight kids who get shot every day by mistake? Their guys probably thought they were safe, too. Where'd you hear that? TV.
1: Yeah, well maybe we don't believe everything we hear on TV.
13: Where do you keep it?
1: <laughs> it's hidden.
13: I bet it's on top shelf of the closet, under your sweatshirts. Is it loaded?
1: It's not. I, I keep the bullets in the
13: boots with the red pieces, and the chest beside the bed. I haven't found them yet, but I'm sure I can. You always tell me to be curious. Remember when I found my Christmas gift? I'm a good climber, you know.
1: No. No, that's not what I meant. Look, I, I need to be ready if someone breaks in.
13: So what about when it's just me and Mom? You taught me to be brave. I could use a gun to protect her.
1: No, Justin, I promise. I'll teach you how to handle a gun when you're old enough.
13: What if I don't make it to old enough? I could get bullied and decide it's too much for me. It would be so easy with our gun.
2: Our gun? Nobody. My gun.
13: But it is our gun. And our home. Happens all the time.
1: I'll make sure that doesn't happen. I'm always here for you.
13: But Dad, you're not always here. Today
1: with the temperatures, we should recharge global high about 82 degrees by the same afternoon. Clear skies tonight, with a low near 7. Increasing cloudiness tomorrow, sticky and
15: humans for the higher.
12: Look, right now, uh, while you looking at this on your screen in your hand or on your computer, there's somebody just like you who's sitting in a prison cell, and they didn't do much more than you did, you know, some crazy weekend. You didn't get caught. They got caught, and they can never get uncaught. United States of America is now the number one incarcerator of human beings in the world, in the history of the world. Uh, we have about 5% of the world's population. We have 25% of the world's prisoners. Um, we are we have more people locked up than China. China, who has a billion people, they got fewer prisoners than we do. You know, a lot of times people say, well, if you don't want to do the time, don't do the crime. Really? Have, have you ever committed a crime? You got people who are doing more drugs in, on college campuses, in uh, uh, yacht clubs, country clubs. We all know that's going on, but the SWAT team never shows up there. The SWAT team shows up in housing projects where you have poorer people doing fewer drugs, and those people go to prison. But think about it. What if one of the times when you were breaking the law, when you had something illegal in your pocket, in your car, at your party, the police had kicked in those doors? Would you want to be known for the rest of your life based on what happened that night? That is what is happening to millions of people. If rich folks' kids get in trouble, they go to rehab. Poor folks' kids get in trouble, they go to prison. And you spend $100,000 per year per kid to lock a kid up. When you could have spent a fraction of that and turned them into a NASA scientist, turned them into a, a fashion icon. When people come home from prison, They're not given the opportunity to start over. You leave a physical prison and you go into a social prison where you can't get a job, you can't get a student loan, you can't rent an apartment. How are people supposed to start over? And what happens to neighborhoods when you take a disproportionate number of people out for minor offenses and you send them back home with no hope and no opportunity? There are no more excuses to have this Horrible system continue when there is now finally bipartisan agreement that it is a tragedy to do this. Not only do you have President Obama and the Democrats, you now actually have uh, people like Paul Ryan, Koch Industries, Newt Gingrich, all saying the same thing. We are locking up too many people. We're wasting too much money. We're, we're wasting too much genius in America. And it's time to do something.
16: You can tell a lot about someone by what they spend their money on, their priorities, their concerns, and their motives. Big Pharma says their top priority is research and development. They say that prescription drug costs are so high because they spend so much on research. But the simple truth is nine out of the ten biggest pharma companies spend 50% more on advertising than they do on research and development. It's true. Tens of billions more. The more they spend, the clearer it becomes. Big Pharma's priorities are more ads, more sales, and higher costs to you. It's time for Big Pharma to get their priorities straight. Americans deserve open and honest prescription drug pricing. Let's solve the cost crisis now. Visit csrxp.org.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, I just radio back with you tonight. I've had the honor and the privilege to talk to two very important people. Heather Martinez, the mother of Natalie, dealing with bullying in this present day world and situation. We are honored tonight to have Heather here and Natalie and we salute their courage to come forward tonight and speak about something that's very difficult. But the problem is, if we fail to speak out, if we fail to get involved, if we fail our children, someone must be held accountable for that act. For the things that Heather has gone through, what Natalie has gone through, it is absolutely deplorable. Should not happen. And the failure to act by the local school there in Texas, uh, we now get in this fight. Not because we know Heather or Natalie personally, but because we are advocates for justice. Our vision is to fight injustice wherever we find it. Tonight, we have been given information without question that an injustice is happening here for Heather, for Natalie, and countless others that have suffered uh, the same type of treatment and behavior towards themselves, and we are going to address that. So very special thank you, Heather and Natalie, for being on this show tonight. Um, I was saying prior to the break, uh, Heather, in regards to the Facebook push uh, that you folks have, um, we are going to uh bring Adrienne on now and uh let's bring her on. Adrian Cloud, is she with us?
8: Yes, hello. How are you?
3: Hello um is it Adrian? Is that correct?
8: Yes yes
3: that's correct. Okay, okay and Adrian before I get to you on what you're doing for Facebook I believe we just received notification that Heather wanted something to say. Is that right? I'm not Heather, I'm sorry, Natalie. Is that right Heather? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Natalie go ahead.
9: Um, I just wanted to say thank you very much for this opportunity and bring awareness to everyone that this is not easy. It's really hard, and
17: yes.
9: life is hard. But yes. I keep pushing it because I know that if I do this, that I will let down a lot of people who love me. And Absolutely. I'm going to keep pushing, and I'm going to okay. help every, I'm going to help other people who are dealing with the same situation.
3: That's good. Then that's I- very good. Yes, and Natalie, uh, we're going to push. We're going to get. We're going to get right behind you and push with you. Okay. Um, that's what we're going to do. You're not in this fight alone, and uh, you're talking about people all over this country that listen to this show. We are going, AJC and a Just Cause is going to get behind you, and we're here for you every step of the way, and we're going to help you, okay? So please know this. Um, uh, You say you will let people down. Well, you're a special person. Our society needs you. Our country needs you. And uh, you'll become an advocate just like we are and say, look, hey, I'm going to fight for others like you just said. Your vision is well noted of what you want to do, and you'll have AJC and Adjust Just Calls behind you 100%, okay?
9: Yes, sir. Thank you. Our church has also been helping um, BC Mejia. Big shout out to Jody and my pastor, my youth pastor, Nick. They do a lot for me, and they make me feel loved, and that's part of the reason that I'm still fighting for my life.
3: Okay. Well, I appreciate them and what they do, and and uh, I think you're going to impact a lot of young people's life. And those that come to the crossroads in their life will say, look, Natalie told me she went through it and she made it, then I can make it too. Keep that in the forefront of your mind, and you will be just fine. I promise you that, okay?
9: Yes, sir. Thank you.
3: God bless you. And um, let's bring Adrian in. Uh, Adrian, tell us a little bit, Heather, if you want to introduce her, what you guys have collectively come together to do in this fight, uh, I'll give you the floor. Uh,
10: yes. The, uh, Adrian is my, my sister, not by blood, but my sister, my best friend, my, my, my back support. She, uh, she's been there for me through thick and thin. She's my one that helps, you know, give me advice. And she's there to support me when I'm going through it because her kids go through the same thing mine's been going through, and um, she she volunteered to help me on my website, my uh, Stop Bullying in Our Schools, and she is an awesome admin. She, she does a lot of the responding and a lot of the um, commenting to help give support and whatever we can do. Um, to help other people as well who are going through the same thing, because after all, that's what it's about. Our site yes. is to just be a support system for other parents that are dealing with the same things.
3: Awesome, Adrian, your thoughts on all of this? Give me your position on this, and what's driving you to be involved here.
8: Well, it started um, when my child used to when we used to live and work on. Oh. As well. Um, I grew up in Workham. I graduated from Workham. And half the people she talked about, I either went to school with them or they used to be my teacher or, you know, that's how small it is. Um, okay. My oldest daughter, when she came into this world, she was already a fighter. Um, she um, She had stopped breathing when she was born. And it kind of messed with her brain a little bit. So she has, um, a learning disability, um, but she's very smart. Um, and when she got to the second grade, her level of being, you know, a normal was kind of hard for her. She always tried to fit in and be with, you know, her age group sometimes, but sometimes she always played with some of the younger kids and she does that now sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, she um, had an issue with one girl in particular, and a lot of times the school wouldn't listen to me because this family has money. They have donated a lot, and they have done a lot for the school. And um, and it kind of upset me because my grandparents were well-known, and they have done a lot for the community. Um, mm-hmm. The first time I was telling them about my child being bullied, they kept telling me they were going to investigate, and they were going to check it out. And then they will tell me, well, we checked everything out, and we talked to the person, and we talked to the child, and they said they will stop doing it. Well, it kept going and it kept going. So finally, I told them, I said, okay, uh, when y'all push my child too far and she starts defending herself, I warned you, and my child will not get in trouble for defending herself. Well, the first time she defended herself, an older cousin of mine, uh, of, of hers, called me to let me know that she had to stop her from hurting this other child. Uh, and I got a phone call from the school, and they were trying to put her in ISS. And that was the first thing I told them they was not going to do, was put my child in ISS. Mm-hmm. I warned them, and it was the child that was bullying her. When I go in there, the mom was all in my child's face. And so the and mother, the, her, yes, the mother was all up in my yeah. child's face, come out, you hurt my baby. I should press charges against you. You need to go to jail. All of them, they were just standing there, letting it happen. And I finally went up in there and I got all up in her face and I said, Excuse you, who do you think you're talking to? And why are y'all letting this happen? I mean, y'all hadn't even called oh. me. It was another family member that called me to let me know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't appreciate this at all. So we sat down and we actually had a meeting. And lucky for me, you know, my cousin had her phone and she had recorded the whole situation.
3: Oh.
8: Okay. Where it was her daughter heard the whole thing and kept kicking her, kept hitting her. And stuff, and all of a sudden, my daughter just literally grabbed her, picked her up, and had her hanging over the um, the slide, and was tired of it. And Absolutely. And so she finally, um, if it wasn't for her cousin to get her to calm down and bring her back safely to the, you know, to the slide to keep her from getting hurt, uh, she would have probably would have literally had dropped her, and the child would have been hurt more. But mm-hmm. she was crying, and she's like, Mom, I was tired of her kicking me. And they, I've been telling them all this time they wouldn't do anything. And the mom was in shock, and she tried to apologize, and she didn't mean it. I can tell it in her voice that she didn't mean it. And she goes, well, I don't know where my child got it from, and, you know, we didn't teach her that, and, you know, things like that. And I'm like, okay, but you just, show, you just proved where it came from. I mean, a lot of my, uh, friends and classmates know how I was back then. I always spoke my mind. I was always taught to speak up. Um, I was always protective of others. Um, mm-hmm. and that's what I try to teach my kids. Uh, but when you have people that you know and they don't do their part, it hurts. Sure. When sure. You, and, and it's, situations at that school it kind of got worse because um even though we didn't have a student that committed suicide there we did have a staff and that was one of my classmates and she was a teacher there and you never would have thought something was going on with her but she was depressed and she was one of my child's biggest supporters of all my kids and it hurt to see That when you try to help others and then nobody's not listening and you're by yourself, you think that's it. That's you know, and it's scary. And then, um, don't get me wrong. I mean, they have their moments that they you know, but it was just scary that this was happening and nobody wasn't doing anything about it. Um, when my younger ones started going to school, they were getting bullied. They got their jackets put in toilets and pee. And I had an aunt that came to my house because the school was getting ready to call CPS on me because smelling like pee, like they wasn't getting well taken care of. And and I'm like, what are you talking about? My kids shouldn't be smelling like pee. I wash clothes twice a week. I do what I need to do, and my kids always. And that day when they got off the bus, that was like the first thing I smelled because it was winter time and they had no choice but to put their jackets back on to stay warm. And I finally got them to talk to me and they told me it was older kids that was messing with them because they were mad at my oldest one.
3: Right. And well, I'd I like, excuse me, I, didn't, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I want to be clear. So you've experienced the same things that, Heather has experienced. it sounds like. Um, yes. And are you still living there?
8: No. I have moved um, uh, to a new school. Um, it's, it still needs work on, on their bullying, too, because they got it. My oldest one got it the worst when she came to this right. school.
3: Right. And um, look, I, I will tell you this. The Facebook support team or initiative, Heather, that you and Adrian have put together, how effective is that being right now?
8: It's doing a wonderful job because we have people all over the world. Uh, the different rules between private schools, public schools, um, is weird how this is happening all over the world and things that can be done here cannot be done the same way across the country. Um, um, we try to teach sure. them steps, yep. such as um, when your child is being bullied, uh, the child needs to make sure she knows who the bully is. Always remember the bully that's doing it to you. Uh, try your best to know what day it is. Um, anybody that's seen it, put them in it write everything down just to keep for records for yourself because a lot of times these schools, they try to cover it up. And they'll try to say, oh, God didn't talk to us. We didn't have it. And they do that a lot. And I hate that they do that. So I tell parents all the time.
3: um, No, it's good that that you have a voice with that. And, and, And we salute what you and Heather are doing. Uh, Our thoughts and prayers go with the families across this country that are suffering uh, at the hand of of what has happened. Heather, I'd like to ask you a question. Um, Are you optimistic that the situation can be shifted, can change? Heather, are you there? Okay, we're trying to connect with her. Heather, are you there? Okay, we're going to take a quick break, try to call her back. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio, and uh, we're dealing with bullying tonight. The results of that bullying, teen suicide at an all-time high across this nation, and we're going to deal with it further. Uh, Adrian, thank you for your time, your thoughts on this matter, and uh, again, we'll be in touch offline with both of you as we go forward to fight this problem. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back.
1: My nephew, Joshua, was 13 when he was killed in 2001. Was living with me at the time. He asked me, can I go by Billy's house? I thought, well, you know, what's the harm in that? You know? My mistake was I assumed that there was a parent home. I assumed his father had his weapon properly secured. The kid had removed the magazine so the kid was sure that the gun was safe, and he what he didn't know was there was a bullet chamber. Joshua had this fear of weapons because he lost his mother to gun violence. I think this kid really pulled the trigger to show Joshua that that it was not dangerous. The hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life is to tell my mom we have to bury her grandson. The pain was so great, we just wanted to do something positive, and we also wanted to try to prevent families from experiencing the same pain that this put my family through. With the, and working with the End Family Fire campaign.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Family Fire is the accidental shooting of a family member with a weapon that was improperly secured, improperly stored. It's a difficult conversation for people. You don't want to ask or say anything to your neighbors because you don't want to offend them, but there are important things we should know Where are they going when they play? (laughs) What is the environment of that home? We have to understand that children are inquisitive. They're curious. And there's not one corner of the house that they haven't gone through. If you're a gun owner, you have to make sure your weapon is inaccessible. It will save the family from the pain and the trauma that my family's put through. Because once that happens, it's forever. And if I could prevent one family from experiencing that, then his life will have some purpose.
3: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio. Tonight, as we tackle an epidemic, in this country of bullying, but on the other side of that is teen suicide at an all-time high. We address this issue tonight uh, because it is something that has to be addressed. Feel free to dial in 646-200-0628, 646-200-0628, as we continue this discussion. Uh, Right now, we're going to bring Jazz, she goes by Jazz, uh, Katie Jazz, Grace Sadler, Uh, But again, goes by Jazz. She uh, is someone that's addressing these issues. Uh, She is founder and president of the FSP Against Bullying, a nonprofit organization based in the United States, and dealing with bullying, and uh, as we deal with the other side, with again the teen suicide issue that has brought us uh, to this discussion tonight. Jazz, are you with us?
4: Yes, I
6: am. Can you hear me all right?
3: Can, ma'am. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I don't know how much of the show you've heard thus far, um, but we're dealing with some serious issues here. I'm going to give you the floor to introduce yourself to our listening audience, and to all the hosts here, so we can get into this dialogue that is critically important. Go ahead, please.
6: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I want to start by saying um, October is National Bullying Prevention Month, so your timing is phenomenal. I yes. also want to in my uh, heartfelt uh, support to Adrienne and Heather as well as Natalie, I did have an opportunity to listen to uh, a good part of their experiences with bullying and with yes. the children in the school district. So I I do want to jump right into that. But uh, first and foremost, let me introduce myself. My name is KT sure. Jazz Grace Sadler. I am the founder and president of FSP Against Bullying, which is a national bullying prevention organization. And we address bullying, uh, be it youth or adults, be it in the playground, the community, or the workplace. And first and foremost, our primary concern is creating healthy spaces for youth to be able to learn and grow. And that's why yes. we send our kids to school, right? We send them to that place Correct. that's supposed to be safe and supposed to protect our children so they can learn and grow and someday be our caregivers, right?
3: Sure. So sure. We
6: want to make sure that they have a healthy existence. So in listening to the show, there are a few things that came to top of mind. And I understand that the other parents who are gravely concerned about the protections for their children happen to be in the state of Texas, the great state of Texas. Yes. Well, there are bullying, bullying laws in the state of Texas, believe it or not. There are some of the strongest, toughest bullying laws, and unfortunately, a lot of people affected by bullying, they're not aware of that. So I would encourage your listeners to go to our website. It is fspagainstbullying.org. And on our resources page, you can hit the state that you're in and we'll have a complete map of every single law that has bullying protections in your state. No matter what state you are in the United States, it will outline that. It will outline what your rights are. The other thing I wanted to touch on for Natalie and Heather, uh, just like you, very concerned that the school administrators have been apathetic and not very responsive to incidents of bullying action, and allegedly they're not doing it because certain parents or families may have influence in those districts. I believe, and the data supports this, that the problem starts at the district level, not at the regional level. Unfortunately, schools are graded by the amount of uh, incident reports that they have. The more incident reports they have, the poorer they're graded. So there's no motivator to report incidents. Mm -hmm. There's more of a motivator to bury those incidents, so that's unfortunate. Uh, that at the district level that they do not support the regional level for the schools and it directly impacts their ability to have funding for certain programming. Are you aware of that?
3: Yeah, I am now. Uh, Let me ask you a question as you're on this topic. So Mm -hmm. you're, you're saying a lot of people don't know the laws that are in place um, and in this particular case with uh Heather, and she's gonna be joining in the dialogue with us as well, and she may already be in in uh, actually on this line. Heather, are you with us? I am hey, heather we're talking to uh, uh you can Katie just say jazz. jazz jazz I'll just okay jazz is her is what she calls by um and she was listening to your story and was very given her sincere um uh, concern. Uh, for you and Natalie, and I, I want to say that off the top. So, uh, Jazz, I'm bringing her in into the conversation so she can understand this as well, as we have planned a call to that school tomorrow morning. Uh, we will address some of these issues. But um, please uh, go ahead. If you've got any questions for Heather, feel free to ask her as well. Uh, Jazz, that's, that'll be fine.
6: Okay. So, Heather, I understand this is something you've been dealing with for some time, and you've run into brick walls. And I do understand that the greatest concern is for Natalie's well-being, and it sounds like that you've gotten professionals involved from a mental health perspective as well. But you also have some rights, and I also understand that you're homeschooling your daughter, correct?
10: Yes, I am. I pulled her out of school because they're not addressing the issue, and it's making her mental health um, spiral downward. Absolutely.
6: And you're well within your right to do that. So let me share a very brief story with you. I ran into a very similar problem with my child. And it wasn't until I did a considerable amount of research about the responsibility for the district to educate my child and provide a safe learning environment. So that's what our tax dollars pay for. The school's failure to do that caused me to sue the district, and I actually sued the district in the state of Pennsylvania. And I actually won the case. Uh, The school failed to be able to protect and educate my child. So that's a story for another time. But basically understanding the laws and the responsibility of the laws will benefit you. So when you go to our website, you'll be able to do up what those laws are in the state of Texas. So that's basically giving you ammunition, so to speak, to employ the district to do what they're responsible for doing. So right now what you've been doing is, not that you need the lawyer up right now, but have them to understand you know what the rights and what your rights are. And the right that you do have is to report it, but it's very, very important that you document everything you do. It cannot just be verbal. Everything you do must be documented. I'm not sure you've done that. But everything you do going forward must be in writing. If you have a conversation with an administrator, do an email per our conversation, Mr. Jones, whereby you stated, I stated so forth, and so on. makes sense, yes, ma'am. Now, the reason that it's so important am I speaking with Heather?
15: Yes, oh, I mean Heather
6: okay, The reason that's so important by the, I had no idea that I would ever be in court with my district. But I knew enough to know to document every interaction with the school. And it did come in uh, to play in my favor, the fact that I did end up having to sue the district. because My child was beaten so badly, he ended up in the hospital with a broken clavicle. So I did sue the district. I did prevail. But it wasn't really about that. It was about the protections for my child and the rights that I had in the, the responsibility of school to protect my child from physical harm, from mental harm, to provide a safe environment, and they failed at every turn. So that's something we can get into at, at another time, uh, deeply, because I'll make sure you have my contact information. The other thing I is, please ta- please take our information down in terms of our website. There's a wealth of resources on our website for you to be able to access. There's no charge for any of this that I'm talking about. Okay. So let me share some very powerful information with you. Now you are homeschooling your child, correct?
10: Yes, ma'am. I'm sure the school is K-12. 12. Okay.
6: So the school is responsible for providing you with all the resources you need to homeschool. Are you aware of that? No, ma'am, I did not. Okay, so we'll talk off this call, and we'll provide you with the information you need to make that request of the district to provide that. That's from books and school supplies, all of that. They're responsible for that. Your taxpayers' dollars paid for that, by the way. Okay. So, sure, we'll have to uh, get a little further into uh, the topic at hand. Uh, This is a very powerful topic. Unfortunately, it is a public health problem. It is. And it's something that uh, culturally is taken lightly, unfortunately, in certain districts around the country. And Texas just happens to be one of those districts, unfortunately, and uh, culturally, Texas is one of those states. We we raise our children, boys and girls, to be rough and tumble. However, there's a a, a thing that goes on in the minds of particularly boys that you know you know you don't tell or if you're hurting or if you're in pain. And it also has transferred over into our girls as well, unfortunately. So I do want you to know that the unfortunate thing is that the statistics are just so profoundly gross around the nation when it comes to bullying behavior. And as much as the parents might want to do something about it, not just the parents who are uh, have the children that have been affected by bullying behavior, but the parents who have the children that are the bullies. So let me tell you why they're
10: gravely infected. You ever hear the term "hurt people, hurt people"? Yes, ma'am. That's why I say it. I feel like it's taught at home sometimes. Well, maybe not taught, but it's learned
6: behavior through osmosis. It's learned behavior because if the children. Or being affected by aggressive behavior at home, and they're witnessing it all the time. This is how you get what you want. Maybe this one spouse is. Pardon me.
3: Yeah, let me interject here, um, and sure. I think what we can what we can do, um, and I think the information, Jazz, that you're that you're relating is valuable. My concern is that I think you got a, a lot of information that I don't want Heather to uh, miss. I would like to, we are just now texting uh, Heather your contact information uh, so okay. you guys can have a discussion um, offline so we can um, give her all the resources she needs. I think you're you're a definitely a true resource for her, uh, given your experience that you have. I want her to have that information. You guys maybe set a time. Um, I know Natalie is on this call as well. She's listening. I want to make sure we do condense that uh, a little bit for her uh okay. and what we are gonna how we do uh, if that's okay with both of you guys. I think you guys have a lot to discuss. Um unfortunately time wise sometimes we're a little mm-hmm. bit against the clock as we uh face our final segment here of this show. So I wanna I want to be respectful uh Jazz to you and to Heather that, that information can be uh gathered and some time be set aside for this very important issue because it is a critical one. Uh would you both agree with that?
10: Oh absolutely yes I, I appreciate it. Thank you.
3: No, 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 very welcome for that. And what I'd like to do, first of all, is salute um, jazz and, and and Heather here. Uh, this is an ongoing issue. I also uh, uh, jazz would uh, I'm going to go to your website myself. I intend to be on the call in the morning with uh, with Heather and the and the administrators there at the school. I will rehearse myself into the laws of Texas uh, for bullying. And that way, Heather, when we approach these folks in the morning, uh, I believe that she, as Jazz so beautifully said, that is the ammunition uh, that we have in our arsenal uh, to fight this issue. Would you agree with that? Yes, I do.
10: And uh, when I did tell the story about the bullying, you know, we were talking about the kids-ish part of it, but she had also been bullied by one of the teachers that were at the school as well.
12: What did the teacher do? And that do? was just
10: looked over. Um, the le- The teacher would um, call her out on the fact that um, she has to take medicine for her ADHD and her bipolar. And she would make comments in front of other students as to, oh, it looks like Natalie took her pills today because, you know, she, she's doing right. She's listening. Or Natalie finished her assignment. Good. That means she took her pills today. Natalie, you're not listening. Okay.
6: Did wow. you not take she your medicine today? Me. Wow, she just violated HIPAA and ADA laws. I mean, there's so many laws that were violated there. And this
10: teacher not only has done that to my child, she's done it to other children before, too. And when I approached the principal about it, I was very aggressive and angry. And Mm -hmm. I was forbidden to be, pretty much forbidden to be in the same room with her without the principal or somebody else being in there because I told him I was about to really strangle this woman. She, She really, I mean, she really embarrassed my child in front of all these other students so then these students had ammunition more to make fun of her even more about it
15: well, and, and this think...
10: teacher has now actually been put over the special ed children Really, and I just feel like I, yeah this year she began a, to be a special ed teacher and I just think to myself did they just put her over those kids because those kids don't have a they don't have a way to voice their opinion and their their concerns that's how that I is... feel is like maybe that because she has so many t- She had so many problems with so many parents. There was a parent that actually attacked her one year, tried to attack her down the hallway one year because of it.
3: This is, this is, listen, uh, this is why the problem is out of control in the schools. When you have adults, teachers doing things to put flames, if you will, to the fire, and and increase this type of stuff with other kids, if a teacher says that, they're bullying. She should not have a job. She should not be working with any children, because now you. But it goes back the, to who they are. But we're going to deal with that. That's unacceptable. There's no other thing yeah. I can say about that. And as as Jazz just said, I'm sitting here thinking what she just said. HIPAA violations. You do not, It's not your job to announce medication or pills that a student is on. That is absolutely reckless. We're going to deal with those issues. I can assure you of that as an advocacy organization. And I think with the advice that Jazz has given tonight, um, and I'm sure you guys will have conversations uh, offline, but I am appalled by that. I am stunned by that. And I understand why now. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
10: To the bonfire because homecoming is coming up. Mm -hmm. And a student approached Natalie at the bonfire and actually told her that that teacher and another teacher in the ISS room were actually discussing Natalie. And Natalie doesn't even go to that school anymore. That that teacher who made the comment about her pills had made a comment to another teacher talking about, yeah, well, we got a certain student um, that is not in this school anymore. Her mom homeschooled her because she pulled her out because she's being bullied.
3: Unbelievable. I am. Jazz, what are your thoughts on this one?
6: So, one of the things uh, that you should definitely do, Heather, most of everything you're saying is going to be considered hearsay unless it's documented. So, as you get in conversations with people, uh, you can say, hey, just send me a text, you know, uh, or text them versus a Verbal conversation, because if it does come down that you have to bring forth a motion or a suit uh, against the district or failure to protect, and you can name the the teacher, believe it or not, and the district as well, you know, all of those individuals will be held liable. Uh, So you want to make sure you continue to clearly document. Otherwise, everything is just hearsay. I don't know if you ever watched Judge Judy and not to promote that show, but one thing she's always said, if you do not have documentation, none of it will matter in any court of law in any state in the United States. So you want to make sure you document every communication. And when I say to you, the award that uh, I was granted uh, on behalf of my child was significant. Absolutely significant. So, you want to take heed to this advice. Um, no, I, we used to I, establish this foundation uh, for the protections of others' rights.
3: Well, I'll you tell know, you this. We so
6: want to do that to protect Natalie.
3: I'll tell you this. Um, it sounds like, Heather, you got somebody that's definitely in your corner with Jazz. I have no doubt about that. I am going to respect – I know, Jazz, you said you had about 20 minutes to spend with us. I know we're coming to our final segment. I'd like to give you guys an opportunity, each of you, Jazz, to tell our listeners how to get a hold of you if they're experiencing these things. All of our shows are archived at agencyradio.com, so many people uh, will hear this show, um, and they'll go back and play it again and again and again. So I want you to be clear, Jazz, on the information – of people that are dealing with bullying, how do they get? How do they contact you? We'll start with you first.
6: Okay, so uh, my foundation is FSP Against Bullying, and that's also the website F is in Frank, S is in Sally, P is in Paul Against dot org. Uh, when you go to the website, there's a wealth of free resources available. I also want to indicate if there's anyone that is uh, troubled by suicidal ideation or be it the individual directly or indirectly, there is a national suicide prevention hotline that is 1-800-273-8255. If you're currently in crisis for any reason, dial 911, don't hesitate. The other thing I want to leave you with is to say to you, be incredibly proactive to protect yourself, your family, and your loved ones around bullying, when you go to our website, you'll find a host of things that illustrate what parents can do, what individuals who are being affected by bullying directly or indirectly, what educators can do, reporting processes, policies to put in place for their schools. All that information is on our website. And uh, thank you so much.
3: Well, Jazz, let me say this, and Heather, I'll come to you here in a moment. I cannot tell you how honored we are uh, to have a young lady with your resume, if you will, to grace our show tonight and give the knowledge that you have given to our listeners uh, tonight. I cannot tell you how much AJC Radio and the Just Cause organization thanks you. It's my my hope that we will work together as a partnership uh, to achieve this goal, that's to save the lives of our young people. I hope you're open to that.
6: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I look forward to working alongside uh, everyone involved in this program. And uh, we will be in touch
3: very soon. Definitely so, Jazz. You have a good rest of the evening, and thanks for joining us tonight, okay? All right,
10: Thank goodbye. you so much,
3: Jazz. All okay. right, thank you. Okay, Heather, um, she's going to be a strong uh, support, I think, of information that can really help you. Um, and um, did you have closing thoughts, or so Natalie wanted to say something as we... Uh, not hold you too much longer tonight after being on this show.
10: I just appreciate, and I feel so, um, I feel honored that you guys reached out to me to um, have me join your show tonight. I really, really appreciate it. And I I just feel honored that you guys are there to, and offering to back us up and help us out because I've tried to do as much as I knew how to do. And I feel like I was just banging my head against the wall and that I was just at a lost point. I didn't, of giving up pretty much, not knowing well, where to turn or what else to do. And I just appreciate you guys so much for um, having us on here. And um, my Facebook page is um, stop bullying in our Schools. Um And if anybody wants to, um, join our group. We we do, we have to approve the approval first, but we do daily approvals, and uh, just to be a support system for one another.
3: No, hey, listen. We appreciate you. Our research team as well will be sending things out. Uh, they will you will get invitations directly from me uh, to join that group as well, um, as well as our Facebook um, uh, research team as well. They'll be doing the same. And is Natalie still with us? She
9: is, just yes, her.
3: Yeah, well, listen, Natalie, it's been a pleasure to have you on our show. And uh, I look forward to working with you to help other teams that face some of the things you face. And all I encourage you to do is to be strong, uh, hold your head up, and go forward. Never look back. And you'll have us. We'll, yes, sir. we'll, we'll, we'll be here for you, Okay.
9: Yes, sir. Thank
10: you so much for everything.
3: You're very, very welcome. I believe Ms. Wright had something to say to both of you as well.
10: I just wanted to say hi to Natalie. I got a chance to
5: speak with Heather today, and I was very touched by your story, and uh, your mom had made a comment on the show talking about um, you not having friends. I want you to know that you have a whole room of uh, friends from A Just Cause and AJC Radio. It's a big group, and we're all fighting for you, and never give up.
3: Well this letter here. Everybody a round Thank of applause you. for Natalie. Let's get yes. it up. And,
9: uh, Thank you so much.
3: Are, for everything. Are, we, it really means are, a get, lot. Yes, and you mean a lot to us, and that's uh but I promise you the support will exceed this room. We are here and we hold your hands up in the middle of this fight. I promise you that, okay?
9: Yes, sir. Thank you.
3: Okay, take care. And Heather. Um, please give me a call in the morning. I believe Ms. Wright has sent you my information um, and tell them you will have a conversation with them with your family advocate. Put me on the line and we will have a discussion, okay?
10: Yes, sir. Thank you so much.
3: Okay, you take care. Y'all have a good rest of the evening, okay?
10: You too. Have a blessed night.
3: Bye. All right, you too. Take care. And there you have it. Uh, Natalie and Heather Martinez uh, fighting the fight. And AJC Radio and the Just Cause is in that fight with them. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? Did you know that there are over 2.4 million people behind bars in the United States? I'll ask you one more question. Were you aware that That is the highest number of people behind bars in the entire world. The United States makes up of only 5% of the world's population, but we have over 25% of the world's prison population. America prides itself on being the most advanced and progressive nation on earth. However, sadly, we are also the world's most archaic. I'm going to give you a personal invitation to get involved with the fight against mass incarceration. Take a few moments to call 1-855-529-4252. That is a just cause. And we fight for justice. Again, call a just cause today. Don't delay. Call one 855 529 Four two five two. It is time, and I say high time, that we take America's incarceration seriously. Won't you join us? Call today.
14: What's up, y'all? It's your boy Kevin Stage, and I'm afraid I'll be killed by police. Not all police, just one police officer who fears for his life and thinks I have a gun. I'm afraid I'll match the description of someone who called 911, the police will arrive, and before I know it, I'll be dead. Not all cops are bad, but for me, all it takes is one who is afraid for his life, and that leaves me dead. He could have had a pristine record up until that, but if he's afraid that day, that means it's the end for me. He could have been a bad cop his whole entire career and not be afraid. That means the end for me. I used to think this wouldn't happen to me because I'm a law-abiding citizen. I won't ever be doing anything or be anywhere I shouldn't be. I'll comply with officers. But that doesn't always seem to be the case. Here's some examples of what Black people were doing when they were killed by police. Selling CDs outside of a supermarket. Selling cigarettes outside of a corner store. Walking home with a friend. Missing a front license plate. Riding a commuter train. Holding a fake gun in a park in Ohio. Holding a fake gun in a Walmart in Ohio. Holding a fake gun in Virginia. Calling for help after a car accident, driving with a broken brake light, failing to signal a lane change, walking away from police, walking toward police, running to the bathroom in your apartment building, walking up the stairwell of your apartment building, sitting in your car before your bachelor party, holding your wallet, not wearing a seatbelt in police custody, attending a birthday party, laughing. The thing that makes me most afraid is I'll be afraid. I don't know what I'll do if a police officer has a gun pointed at me and is shouting instruction. I'm afraid I'll move too fast, too slow, not fast enough. I'll reach for something he asked me to reach for, and he'll think it's a gun. I'm afraid I won't be calm, and me not being calm could be the end of me. I'm afraid that I can die in front of my wife or children or both. I'm afraid my children will be somewhere without me and suffer the same fate. I'm afraid the police officer will be in plain clothing so they won't even recognize that this is a police officer and they don't respect him and treat him like the authority he is because they don't know he is. And here's what's going to happen if I die. People will comment on a post about me and here's what they'll say. If he would have just done this, he would be alive today. If he would have just done that, he'd be alive today. All you have to do is listen to police and you'll be fine. If he would have just listened to the officer's orders, he'd be here today. If you care so much, why don't you care about what's happening in Chicago? What about black-on-black crime? Don't you care about that? The media will find the worst picture of me to use, and since I don't have any brushes with the law or mugshots, they'll find the most menacing or intimidating photo they can use. They won't use any of my wife or children or my family because that doesn't tell the story that they want to tell. Tammy Lauren will get on TV and tell them it was my fault, or Glenn Beck or Sean Hannity or Rush Limbaugh will get on the radio. Fox News will have a field day with me. They'll say, we don't have all the facts. The video doesn't clearly show. You don't know. What if he was? It looked like he was. You can't tell clearly. We can't see what's in his right hand or left hand. You don't know what the officers were feeling. They already won't protect me or protect my death, even if I say I'm a licensed gun owner and I tell the police officer that when he pulls me over. The video will be posted all over the internet in a matter of seconds. And whether or not you want to see it, you will see my dead body lying on the ground or a video of an officer shooting me or me dying live on Facebook. And then people will say it's not about race. We're all one people, all lives matter. And then life will go on. That's the scariest thing. After a while, life will go on. The officers may or may not get arrested. More than likely, they won't be convicted. More than likely, they won't even be indicted. And before you can totally mourn my death, it'll happen again. That's why I'm afraid.
7: We're broken down and
14: tired
7: so living life on the merry-go-round And you can find a fighter But I see it in you So we're gonna walk it out We're gonna walk it out Move day.
2: Ladies and gentlemen,
3: tonight the song indicates what is necessary. To Natalie, to Heather, to every person affected by bullying in this country, we would implore you to rise up. Do not bend, do not fold at the pressure of others that commit such acts. Rather, use it as a motivating tool to make a difference. It is my thought tonight that Heather will meet the challenge, that Natalie will meet the challenge. And to the countless thousands of people that suffered at the hand of bullying. We salute you to fight on. AJC Radio, a just cause organization, is here to hold your arms up, and to fight the fight with you. Go to AJCRadio.com. You can hear the show tonight. Bullying, the epidemic of bullying suicide in a nation. We fail if we fail to act as educators, administrators, and as parents. We contribute and are culpable to the problem. Tonight, AJC Radio says, for your courage, we say thank you. For your fight, we say thank you. For every child that tonight may feel like you're at your end, we say fight on. You can contact Agency Radio. Go to agencyradio.com if you need our help. We are here. This is Agency Radio signing off tonight. And to our very special guest, Jazz heather and natalie we salute you until next time good night america take care
7: i will rise a thousand times again and we'll rise
2: And a very
3: special thanks to Adrian, the soldier in the fight as well. For all of our guests tonight, we say thank you to Heather, to Natalie, to Jazz, and to Adrian. A very special thank you for fighting this fight. Until next time, this is Odyssey Radio signing off. Good night.